Hi guys, and a great big warm welcome to episode 30 of the Ask Zophie podcast. I feel like I'm recording this like at about midnight because it's, gosh, it's actually 20 past four. Jeez, it's later than I thought. <laughs> so I normally record this a bit earlier, but I am right in the throes of writing a bunch of meditations for, basically I'm making a sort of like a kids members area. So I was quite busy today and hence I'm a bit delayed. And because it's winter, it gets dark early, obviously here in the UK. And I always think once it's dark, it feels really late, <laughs> like five o'clock feels like people shouldn't be out anymore. It's it's nighttime now. So I feel like I'm recording this uh, right in the middle of the night, even though of course I am not. So behind the scenes, okay, I've actually been out and it was probably bordering out out, although we were home before midnight, but we did go out at six. So it was a decent amount of time. But yeah, I'd actually like to get your thoughts on this. Okay, so I went out with my friend Charlie, or as she was known for the night, Felicity, long story. But we went to a bar and basically in said bar, there were mini Santa hats on the, I don't know, the, the beer pump things. I don't know what you call them you probably know what I mean or hopefully do um yeah there were a bunch of mini Santa hats on there now to my mind (laughs) if you have mini Santa hats obviously during the festive season in a pub what that what they're saying to the people that are in there drinking is put these mini Santa hats on your heads or other funny places like that to me that's just like blatantly obvious there'll be no other reason to have them there so, of course, my friend Charlie and I were putting them on our heads, as you, you ought to, right? Except, um, so bearing in mind, I'm, I am 44, believe it or not, um, on the outside, four on the inside, but anyway. So, yeah, Charlie and I were messing around, as you would, wouldn't you, with the, with the mini Santa hats. And this young bar girl came across... <laughs> She's probably in her 20s, I guess. I'm no good at at guessing things like that. She was (laughs) furious. Oh, every time I think about it, I laugh. She stomped over. I'm going to try and be her, be cross now, but I'm not very good um, at doing, being cross. So she said, (laughs) she said, these are not to be played with in that like really, really stern voice. Grabbed them and place them very firmly back on top of the uh, the pump things, whatever they are. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing because it, it just tickled me, the fact that I was getting told off at 44 by this like young, very cross girl. So yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts. Like, are you with me? Do you think that the, the Santa hats were uh, asking for it? Or were they actually there just to keep the handles on the beer pumps warm or or something like that I would I'd I'd love to know all sort of viewpoints <laughs> welcome okay yeah it was a very fun night also but I, I won't go on and on about it because I'll just never get to the the podcast suffice to say that I did manage to get Charlie's mascara to run down her face so I was very happy about that but anyway okay that's not the point of the podcast. The point of the podcast is actually to talk about, and I can't believe I haven't talked about it yet. 
um, in the 29 previous episodes. But somebody asked me on Instagram about dun, 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 overthinking. Okay, I'm sure that she's the only person on the planet who's ever had an issue with overthinking. Not. So, there, there's a bunch of things I want to say about this. But basically, in fact, I posted about this the other day on Instagram, something, I don't know what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, thought and the mind. You know, thinking is a wonderful thing and the mind is a wonderful tool when you're sort of in command of it, when you're, so to speak, in control of it or, or using it and not when it's vice versa. I remember distinctly at certain times in my life having this feeling like I was just being, you know, like you sometimes see in films where the, the cowboy or whatever it is gets thrown off the horse and then dragged along behind it. I remember having that real sense of this is what life is doing to me and and also a similar thing in terms of my mind. Like I'm not even in control of these thoughts. I'm not thinking them. I've got no control over what's happening, the speed and the direction. It's like I'm holding on to the, the reins of that horse, but I'm on the floor. Um, or I'm just in some like runaway car or something. And that sucks. So it really is like night and day when you're able to sort of channel and command and be in control of the direction of your thinking. Amazing. But when it starts to control you, definitely not amazing. So basically, there there are a sort of a few different ways to approach this, a few different kind of approaches and practices that I want to share to help. Now, something that I talk about loads, and ultimately, you know, everything that I share in its essence is is pretty simple, because it's me sharing it so it has to be anyway (laughs) but but profound and the mind as I say all the time just likes to poo poo these things and go oh you know that's too good to be true or how's that gonna help or that just sounds daft or whatever but there's this this wisdom and, and and teachings for example like what I'm going to talk about first, which is mindfulness, that have been around for eons. And there's a reason that they have persisted through time, because they're effective, they work. So mindfulness, being the observer of your mind, when you practice this consistently, what you're doing through that practice, or rather, one of the things that you're doing through the practice of mindfulness is you are allowing the momentum of the mind to abate. When you're getting involved in it, when you're kind of jumping in, so to speak, you are fueling the fire. When you are simply sitting back and observing, be like you've got someone who's really cross and you can't help it, you get involved in an argument with them. It's just going to mean that that sort of conversation ensues and typically what happens in that sort of circumstance is they dig their heels in you dig your heels in and no one ever really moves anywhere whereas if you had someone like that and you just went okay I agree with you I had this once with someone in my life 
I'm not going to say who it is, who's pretty argumentative. And they were, I could tell they were ready for an argument about something. And I went, yeah, I totally agree. And the look on their face was like, it, you could tell they were disappointed because they wanted the fight. They wanted the argument. So observing your mind is analogous to saying that, yeah, I totally agree. There's nothing to push against when you agree with someone. And the, you're not getting hooked in to the mind when you simply observe it. I've also said this before. It's not necessarily related to this point. Well, actually, maybe it is. But, but anyway, it doesn't matter either way. But it's helpful to understand and underline nonetheless. When you practice mindfulness, when you simply observe your emotions and your thoughts versus get caught up in them, you're inviting the purest, the highest level of consciousness, the way that I think of it is, you're inviting God to the table. And, you know, if you want anyone's help, <laughs> you want that, whatever you want to think of it as, you know, you can think of it as your higher self, as source energy, as life force energy, the universe, God, whatever. If you're in a, like, a pickle, it, regard, you know, relative to anything, then that's the kind of energy you want. <laughs> on your side and at your back, right? So I've mentioned this book 6,000 gazillion times. I love it. It's called Letting Go by David Hawkins. Um, I also adore, I've mentioned this before, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. There are loads of books and teachers out there that will explain to you how to practice mindfulness. And as I said earlier, in its essence, it's incredibly simple. But I really recommend Letting Go by David Hawkins because it just explains it nicely. Um, yeah, Eckhart Tolle will talk you through the whole sort of idea and maybe theory, I suppose, of, of, of being in the now. But basically what you're doing is you're practicing observing. So I talk about this a lot. I observe when tension comes up in me. So <laughs> silly, but still, like, if I sell something on eBay, for example, like an old jumper or whatever, I'm always really mindful that if it's got like a mark on it or I don't know, some blemish, I will be really honest about it and upfront. And I always try and, you know, charge what I think's fair and so on and so forth. But there's always a part of me that's like, oh, what if, you know, they get it and they complain? Like it makes no sense. And I still have that voice, particularly relative to my work. You know, I will go through really carefully and lovingly and sort of, um, I was going to say painstakingly, but that's not the best word, but really carefully uh, through everything I do, whether it's a blooming meditation or a podcast or whatever it might be. But someone emails me about it and I'm, my first thought is, oh my God, <laughs> they're going to complain like about my free podcast, for example. It makes no sense. But when when things like this happen, I observe, keep observing it, observing it, observing it, because through this act, what you're doing is you are transcending and you are transmuting the the emotions, the feelings, the energy and the thoughts that pertain to to that response. And, and it just it just lessens over time. And in terms of what we're talk, talking about here, because I've kind of gone a bit off piste a little bit, what happens is as you're observing the mind, you allow momentum to slow. And of course, when we talk about overthinking, what we mean is we're thinking too much, whatever that might be for each of us. And and really, if you're thinking, you know, loads of thoughts that feel great 
and you don't want to go to sleep at that particular point, it's probably not so much an issue. It tends to be that what we're thinking isn't to our liking and we can't stop our mind when, when we want to. But this practice will mean that you don't keep fueling the fire and adding momentum to your thinking. Really simple, really powerful, really effective. And it's probably not going to surprise you that <laughs> the second thing I want to talk about also begins with M. <laughs> it is meditation. Obviously, I am incredibly passionate about this because, as I say probably pretty much every week, what I care about is being helpful. I want to help. Like if I think about a dear soul out there, sad, like in need and, and suffering, it, it hurts me and I, I want to help that person. So if I find something I think is helpful, I'm like, oh my God, I want, I want to share this. Like a sort of kid in a, in a sweet shop. Although I might not want to share the sweets. I'm not great at sharing food. But again, that's another story. It's like, um, oh, I can't remember. The, is it Smithy on, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the blooming program now. Come back to me. No, it's gone. Um, where he talks about not sharing food. And he's like, I'll buy you your own meal, but you, you can't share mine. And in fact, Joey used to say that on Friends. I think Joey doesn't share food. But again, I, <laughs> I totally, totally digress. So with meditation, one of the reasons many people fail when they quote unquote try to meditate is because they go, right, okay, <clears throat> I've got all these thoughts. I've got this like crazy old brain that's thinking about... <laughs> my to-do list when I'm trying to watch a movie or you know wakes me up at two in the morning reminding me of something stupid I said when I was 14 or <laughs> whatever it might be and you just think I've got to press the the off switch on my brain when I meditate and and you can't do that like the law of reversed effect the harder you try the harder it becomes and you get into this negative cycle where you're, you're trying to shut your brain off. You can't and then you get more cross and then that's not conducive to relaxing. It just doesn't work. So with meditation, you're not trying to stop thinking. You're not trying to shut your mind up. There's there's lots of different approaches and, and um, ways of doing it and benefits and so on and so forth. But with the meditations that I make, they probably are a bit unique. I'm not great at selling myself on my but. <laughs> Um, because I, you know, I, I trained as a hypnotherapist. I've got many years experience as a therapist. I bring all the spiritual stuff in, blah, blah, blah. But the ones that I make, for example, they are very guided. And what they're designed to do in part is to get you to focus on what I'm saying. All the great stuff that I'm saying is great because I wrote it, <laughs> says me. Um, so, okay, I'm going to try and be sort of serious for a moment. Let me just see if I can compose myself. Okay, it's not going to work. Let's not bother with that. But anyway, right. So you, the intention is that you follow what I'm saying when you're listening to one of the meditations. And as you're just following along sort of gently and easily without strain and efforting, you're not just like when you're mindful, when you're observing your thoughts, you're not adding fuel to the fire. The same thing is happening when you're meditating. You're not adding to the momentum and so this allows the rate at which you're thinking to slow 
And if you imagine, most of us, definitely me, I went on a, a track day to Castle Coombe a couple of years ago with my brother. Oh my God, that's a story I'll tell you about sometime. But anyway, I drove around um, after being driven around by him. Yeah, um, won't go into that. But I... I asked the guy if I was the slowest person he'd ever sort of been in the car with. He was like a, I called him racing um, driver Santa because he looked like Santa, but he was teaching people about um, how to race cars or just drive them in my case. But he said, I wasn't the slowest person ever, but I was the slowest person that day. But anyway, my point is, most of us, if we got into a car and tried to drive at the rate that a Formula One driver would drive, (laughs) we'd be... As my son said the other day when he was describing someone dying, he went, that, we'd be that, right? It needs to be visual, really, but you can probably imagine what he was doing as he was describing someone dying. Um, yeah, but if we got into a car and were driving 20, 30 miles an hour, we would hopefully have much more control. It's the same with the mind, right? When it is just revved up and gained loads of momentum, whew, you can't stop it when you want. You don't have control over it. And that sucks because your thinking is all important because it affects how you feel. And and you create based on where your mind's going. So if your thinking is all over the shop, your life is going to be all over the shop. And you don't want that. Okay. So the mindfulness and the meditation both do the same thing in that respect. They help your mind momentum to abate, to slow. And also, as, as you observe, the, the type of thoughts you tune into are going to improve. Same with meditation. When you're stressed and so on and so forth, it's like these, there's these rivers and streams of consciousness that you tap into. So as you observe, you allow your level of consciousness to rise. You naturally tap into better feeling thoughts as you follow one of the meditations, same things happen. I'm reading a book at the moment called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Clear or Cleary? I think it's Clear. I can't remember if I mentioned it before. Love it. It's all about how these small habits that we practice on repeat are ultimately transformative in our lives. And I'm obsessed with this because I talk all the time about how our ego says, oh, don't bother with that. That's dull. That won't work. There's no point. Because it knows, actually, if you do that every day, if you meditate every day, if you practice mindfulness, your life is going to transform. It doesn't want that because it sees transformation and change as dangerous and it wants to to stop you doing it. So if you're really caught up in your mind as you're listening to this, you might notice that it's coming up with those kind of uh, reservations in terms of what I'm saying. Okay. Something, again, that I talk about all the time, all the time is sleep. Sleep and rest and downtime. Because what happens is, as you don't get enough of any of these things, sleep or that white space or downtime or whatever, it's sending a message to your primitive brain that you're in danger. And your stress levels rise. And as your stress levels rise, you start to become more manic in terms of sort of how you're moving your body, how you're feeling, and also how you're thinking. So you have to take those breaks that allow everything to slow down. Our bodies, everything in life has these natural rhythms, and we tend to override them nowadays. And then it's really challenging 
when we want to stop, when we want to just take a rest, if we haven't practiced that. So sleep is key. Some of you all know that last summer I did, um, I went on a retreat and it was nine days and nine nights with um, all sorts of things, but there was no contact with friends or family, no phone, weren't allowed to read, um, pretty much on my own the whole time, apart from brief, very brief conversation with the people running the the place in the morning. Um, and there was very little sleep. The last two nights, there was there was no sleep. And I, two things that I want to mention that I noticed, one was my anxiety went up. And two, I, I felt manic and like wired. Uh, not not good energized. I see it a lot in, in children that I work with when the parents are like, oh, they just, they've got so much energy. They're overtired and they're overstimulated and they're, they're manic and they're wired. It's not, it's not quote unquote good energy. So that's when then we lose control because it's like you're suddenly in Lewis Hammond, Hammond's, Lewis Hammond, <laughs> someone I know, Lewis Hamilton. That is that's is that the name? Oh my goodness! I, this is like when I did the um the tightrope trapeze thing again, isn't it? Jeez, people like me should we shouldn't be allowed to have podcasts. There should be some sort of license you need to <laughs> like <laughs> achieve. Um, but if you were stuck into his car, uh, driving, not in the passenger seat, like going round one of the race courses you wouldn't be in control of that car. So the sleep and the rest and the downtime helps you with that. Oh, I've just looked at my computer and I changed it the other day to like the, the, the screensaver. Um, and I've never seen this before. All these lovely flowers have come up. That's cool. Anyway, another aside. So something that might be helpful um, as and when, say for example, you, you've been traveling and you've got I don't actually use the term jet lag, but I won't go into that, but you've got jet lag and you can't get to sleep, is if your mind is busy, instead of trying to shut it off, because that doesn't work like I talked about earlier, channel it instead. So if I, on the rare occasion, was maybe, you know, I had traveled um, and I couldn't get sleep, uh, or it could happen before you've got, I don't know, an interview the next day or something exciting or whatever, you could just go, okay, I'm going to think about all my favorite holidays I've ever been on, or one of my top... uh, 10 favorite puddings to eat or (laughs) um where would I most like to visit in the world it's better to think about things that have already happened because that is less um I feel like is there a word excitatory there's not is there but (laughs) there's a word sort of like that it's not going to get you so excited it's more just going to channel that existing energy but not add to it so that's that's a slight uh, just tip there if you ever find yourself like uh, a bit wired and you can't sleep and you, and you want to instead of trying to shut your mind off um just just channel it okay or oh, there's another i forgot i was going to share about this there's a technique actually that i learned from one of my favorite teachers on the planet abraham hicks and it goes um it goes like this so basically oh, you know how my goodness We've all been there, or I've definitely been there. There's something on your freaking mind, and it's really bugging you, and you just don't want to think about it, and you can't stop thinking about it, and it's going round and round and round, and you're like, why am I thinking about it? This is ridiculous. Um, yes, on the one hand, you can practice the observing thing, 
does take the edge off. Um, but something else you can do, what you'll notice is when something's really bugged you or worrying you or whatever, is you'll be really caught up in all the details of it. Notice this in yourself or someone else. Like he said this and she said that, and then, but what if this happens and then that might happen and that might happen? It's like you're you're all bogged down in the minutiae, in the details. And as as you're caught up in the details, it's like you're in this wicked web that your mind is woven, and you like a little. Um, I was going to say a spider, but you're not a spider because the spider's not stuck, is it? It's the fly. <laughs> like the fly that's got stuck and you're struggling and then you just can't get out. So what you can do is getting out of the specific negative conversation into still negative but general. So say, for example, I was worried about... Um, something I'd said to someone, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. And they haven't replied to me. Do you think they're cross with me? Oh my God. And it happened before. And I'm not sure they've forgiven me. And, oh, and I remember they, this thing happened with their friend. Okay. To, to get out of that, what I would do is go, this sucks. This really sucks. You might be able to feel and sense as I'm saying it, the difference. So there's more uh, momentum you get more hooked in and caught caught up with all the specifics. You just go, this sucks. Even I hate this. So you're not trying to be positive. You're still negative, but you're out of the specifics. And then you just allow yourself to bed in there for a while. Even if you only make that switch, that's going to help you. And then what you can do is go to the general but positive. For example, oh, I think it'll be okay. I don't know how, but I reckon it will be okay. Everything's going to be okay this is going to pass, you know, those very general soothing statements. Ultimately, you can lean then into positive specifics. But again, you don't have to get all the way. The main thing is bringing yourself up out of that sort of web of being caught up in the mind loop of all the specifics. It's a really cool technique. Just be on the lookout for that happening in yourself and others. And you'll notice that the specifics really keep you stuck okay um there's just one final thing i want to say and it's this this is the challenge with with many of these things so you know how when you you, you go out and you drink and the next day you have a hangover <laughs> you just got to ride it through i mean maybe when you're 18 you don't get them and then when you're my age they last like a week or whatever it is <laughs> However long the period of time, you, you can't just click your fingers and be done with it. That would be great, but it doesn't happen. There's a there's a period of there's that hangover period, right? It's the same with any of this stuff. So you can start taking the right action, but you've still got the momentum there. Okay? And you it, I call it the meantime because it, you have to allow your mind to catch up with you. So you do the right action, you, you observe, um, you, you see if you can lean into a bit more downtime and so on and so forth, but allow your mind to catch up with you. Don't expect it to immediately come to a standstill. When I got when I got back from, and he said, oi, when I got back, <laughs> when I got back from Tuscany last year for the, uh, the retreat thing, I couldn't settle for quite some time <laughs> because I was so wired. So it wasn't like you just go, come home, observe your thoughts, go to bed, you'll be fine. No, I had to lean into those things, take right action and allow myself to gradually come down. So know this about any of this stuff. It's like when you start a new, you become healthier. Your body takes a beat to catch up. 
it this is one of the most challenging things with depression is you don't want to do anything and then someone drags you to do something and you're like well I still feel crap you are going to because chemically inside your brain and your body you're lacking certain chemicals and they're going to take a beat to catch up and this is when people just get completely despondent and give up because they think well what's the point I went horse riding uh, and I obviously still got horses on the brain after my analogy earlier uh, and but I still don't feel better oh my god I'm really screwed no actually if you keep going and you take the expectation that it's going to shift immediately out of the equation things will improve they absolutely will and it's the same with what I'm talking about here so I hope that that helps please let me know what you think about the center hat debacle uh I would I'd love to know wish I could do a kind of poll on here um some of you very kindly have bought copies of the kids journal I made I don't know a lot of you because it's on Amazon so I can't tell if you've bought one please tell me so I can say thank you to you um if you haven't and you have a child in your life who gets anxious it's probably most appropriate for kids like five to ten um and some people have said that they think it would be more popular among girls I'm very saying that very carefully because <laughs> of the world we live in uh, um I think partly girls as a rule are more into that kind of thing anyway uh but you can if you go if you go into Amazon on a, a desktop you can actually see a few of the pages inside but really helpful particularly for kids with anxiety and similar but some kids would just love it Anyway, so check that out on Amazon. I'll put the link again in the show notes, but it's just called My Little Book of Happy. Be quite a sweet little Christmas present or stocking filler anyway. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for those of you who've already bought copies. And I'd love to see pictures um, if you're comfortable sending them. You might say, don't share it, or um, you might be happy for me to share. Either way, I would love, really love to see that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I have written. Have I done that? Three meditations for the kids members area. I'm so excited about them. Actually, I can't wait to record them. Um, and some of you, your children have given ideas, which I'm really grateful for, because it's really cool to to include those. Um, yeah, thanks as ever for listening. I really appreciate you. Hopefully they don't bring in that you need a license to do a podcast because it'll be the end of this. It'll be like Vincent went (laughs) to the uh, no more ask Sophie (laughs) podcast. Um, But let's hope that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening and see you then. I won't see you then, (laughs) but I will. I'll be back then. Bye, guys.